0: Good adventures, everybody. I'm Melissa Zack, and welcome to episode 40 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with the indie authors that you should be reading. It is Thursday, August 22nd, 2019, and uh, I have been in and out a little bit. You may have noticed that I think the last six weeks, I've done just every other show, and I had a family emergency out of town, and I think I'm back now. So um, let's get right to talking about books. Let's see. uh, What are you reading? Let me know. I am dying to know what you're reading. Drop down to the show notes and click on the link. If you're listening to the podcast, pull your car over right now and click on that link and tell me what you are reading. I am looking for stuff to read always. And I read every genre. So it doesn't matter what you're reading. I want to hear about it, especially if they're indie authors. Let's see what am I reading? Thank you for asking. I am uh, let's see on on audio. I am listening. Let's see. I'm well into book two of the Empty Body series by Zach Bohannon, and I will finish that soon. I'm sure. I think my phone is ringing. It goes into my ears. Yeah, I had something. Sorry, I had I had something happen in my ears. I wear cochlear implants and audio from my phone goes directly into my ears and it did something. Anyway, so um, I don't want to start over again, so I'm just going to continue. Uh, like I said, I'm re- I am listening to Zach Bohannon. And if you like zombies, you will love this book. They're great characters. And I'm going to have him on as soon as I finish book three, because I want to talk about the first three books. Let's see. In paperback, um, I just finished "Hipster Death Rattle," and I'm going to be talking with the author today in just a few seconds. And um, I am continuing to read in the series of um, "Say Grant Wolves" by Laurie Drake. And um, let's see what else I'm trying to off the top of my head to get titles right, and I'm not going to. So, and my ears keep clicking. Something's happening on my phone, and I keep hearing this. Um, clicking noise to to hook my, f- my ear into my phone, and then it stops again. So uh, I don't know what's going on. Let's just get to the show. So uh, let's get right to it. I will see you afterward. All right. I am here with Richie, and I'm going to say his last name wrong, even though I asked him. No, Narve. Oh, jeepers, creepers. That's okay. Nerveas. That's great. That's great. Is that good? Okay. My name last, last name being Bonzek. nobody gets it right. My husband was in the military. Um, he was a flyer. So the first time he busted a check right, he was marked check for a long time, which <laughs> <laughs> he was not happy about. Uh, so um, anyway, I'm going to read your bio real quick. Okay. Um, Richie was born and raised in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. He's the author of Roach Killer and Other Stories, which received the 2013 Spine Tingler Award for best anthology short story collection. His work has appeared in Hit List, The Best of Latino Mystery, Latin at Rising, an anthology of science fiction and fantasy, Long Island War, Mississippi Review, Murderland, Midge, mm-hmm. love that Shotgun Honey and Tiny Crimes, very short tales of mystery and murder. He teaches writing at Fashion Institute of Technology in Manhattan and lives with his wife in the Bronx. Hipster Death rattle is his first novel. So welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Melissa. Oh, I'm so excited! Uh, And you—you had—we had uh, had chatted some on Instagram, and and Mm -hmm. the day that you contacted me, I was like, I had fingers to the keyboard, ready to ask you if you wanted to come on the show because I had the best time reading your novel and we're talking, and I don't have a copy because it's on ebook, but you have a copy you can hold up. So if you are on, there you go, hipster death rattle. If you are on video or if you're just listening, uh, make sure that you go and click on the links at the end of the show, they'll be, in the, they'll be in the notes, and take a look at his cover, it is amazing and you will love the book. Uh, at home, I walk around with a book or walk around with my Kindle and I know the path, I can not take my nose out of my book. And I can walk into my kitchen and I can get a cup of tea. I can cook it. I can doctor it. I can go back and I can never look out of my book without, and I don't bump into walls and I don't have an issue because I know my house. So I've been in someone else's house for the last, off and on for the last month. I've bumped into so many walls because I read your book while I was there and I could not put it down. I had the best time reading it. And I found you I was on Instagram and there's somebody there that has, they'll tell people, go ahead and list your book and list write in one line about your book and and you know, whatever. And the title just got me. I love the title. So was the title yours or did your editor do that to you?
1: Oh, I I came up with the title um, years ago. I, I wanted to write about the subject and I wanted something a slightly controversial. Uh, and certainly eye-catching, something that would be, you know, that would, you know, would draw people right in, Um, and something not too traditional mystery, I mean, it's, it's it's slightly a a, a pun thing going on there, or just a a playing with words, but, um, and, you know, always with uh, mystery titles have death or murder in them somewhere, so there's enough of a cue there, but it's, it 's slightly mixed up, I, you know I liked it, and I, I thought it was interesting enough, and I, I, uh, it seems to have worked i 'm glad to, uh, it drew you in to read the book, and you were very nice about it on on Instagram.
0: Oh, I loved it, I could not put it down, and I love when i can 't put a book down and i love i mean I read constantly i mean since I could stand i 'm one of those voracious readers, and I read everything it doesn 't matter what the subject is, I will read. Whatever. I love historical novels. I love, well, I've discovered I like romance and I feel weird saying that and I shouldn't. Nothing it's a wrong stigma. With There's a stigma about yeah. romance and there shouldn't be because romance can be wonderful. But I love everything. I love historical. I love, I can read, um, uh, um, I was reading Stephen Hawking's, oh. different of his books. And it's mm. like, don't understand a word of it, but I can say <laughs> I read them. I read it. I sat down and did it. And uh, but anyway, so let's get to the book itself. So I love okay. this book. I love that they kept the title. I love the cover art. Your cover artist. Thank you. Shout out and an applause to your cover
1: artist. It's beautiful. Love the yes, cover. Uh, JT Lindrus. Uh, he, um, I gave him the general idea of what I wanted because we wanted something uh, a little cartoony. Because there's a, I mean, I didn't want people to take the title completely serious. Yeah. uh seriously and made it make it think it was some sort of um screed about killing hipsters it's it's supposed to be tongue in cheek and we had to you know he and i worked together closely to try to really carry that idea over it and it's nice it makes a great t-shirt too oh do you have t-shirts yes we have t-shirts oh fantastic i'll send I'd, you a link
0: i need a t-shirt yeah so i'll <laughs> i'll have the link in the show notes everybody oh fantastic did you want to read a little bit of it for for sure, everybody oh, today
1: sure. So uh, this is from chapter 46. Okay. Uh, when the, uh, the protagonist, Tony uh, Moran, is really in trouble, they've kidnapped him and they put him on a roof uh, in, uh, in Queens so he doesn't know that. Chapter 46. Tony thought he knew what it was to be hot. He thought he knew what hot was as a kid sharing a bed with his brother on August nights with no AC in a small room. He thought the Union Square subway station in in July was hot when the platform gets overcrowded and sour as rotten milk. And he thought he knew what hot was at the club he went to once where he felt like he was dancing in a sauna. He went to the bathroom and practically showered in the sink and when he got out his date had evaporated. That was real heat in action. But none of that was hot. He had never known hot before now. Sweat rolled off of him. Soaking his t-shirt and shorts, his sneakers felt wet all the way through. As soon as he thought the goons who had dumped him there had gone, Tony yelled for help. Hey, guy stuck on a roof here. Hello, help already. Any, want we continue? Or is, yes, is yes, that his place?
0: yeah, Okay. Sure. Can, yeah. yes. Uh,
1: but the sound of his own muffled voice into his ears and his throat went dry. He tried to wiggle the plastic restraints off his legs. His sweat gave him enough lubrication to get his left shoe and sock off. It took a very long time, but the restraints remained. He decided to take a break and contemplate a barrel of iced coffee poured over his head with a straw. Either was fine. How long does it take to die of thirst? Three days five days, three to five days, he would trade that bucket of iced coffee for a chance to Google confirm. Tony wiggled his legs some more and the restraints dug into his flesh. In frustration, he pushed hard, slicing slicing off a long piece of flesh, damn! No pain, no pain, no pain. Tony had figured out why he was there. The answer was obvious. Jackie Tomasello and or Elias Lipinchuk, this was a stupid, bogus Mafia, BS, kidnapping, stupid, bullying, threatening—garbage thing—and it seemed straight up her alley. She had threatened him. Litvinchuk had been less cartoony. Had offered him a bribe. Was it Tony's refusal to take a bribe that got him up here? Got him up here. It didn't matter. They had done their job. He was done with the whole Rosa Irizarri case. Done trying to play intrepid reporter, even in the half-assed way he had been doing it. He wanted instead to swim inside of that, of ice cream. That good? That's good, that's good. That's great. I love
0: how you put words together. Thank you. There was one, I mean, I I kept highlighting the book and I finally had to stop because, you know, it was just a long highlight, but I took, there's one phrase, I'm gonna get back, I'm trying to get back to my, I took a picture of it because I was gonna write down. Okay, this guy, he wants to go for, Tony wants, doesn't, he wants a taxi ride home, mm. um, but he doesn't have any money. But his wallet echoed with emptiness, and there was no train or bus going in that direction. That is a <laughs> great, great line. Thank you. I Thank love you. that. I love that. So you have got this, this book out. And I, I love all the accolades you've got. I mean, Sarah Peretsky.
1: Yes. I was very happy with that. I'd her to go. Yes. And she was very nice to remember who I was and she was oh. generous enough to give me a, a great blurb. She, yeah. yeah. that was
0: pretty impressive. And there's so many other uh, bestsellers that have given you blurbs and really loved your book. And uh, it's, it's great. Have you got, I got to ask before I forget, will oh. we see Tony
1: in another book? I don't know. Um, well you finished the book and you see how crabby Tony is. And I kind of get the feeling that Tony doesn't want me to write about him again. Um, I hate to uh, think of characters, it's, it always sounds weird when an author talks like that, but I kind of feel like he would resist it. But I, I actually do have an idea for a second book with Tony.
0: You know, um, I don't think it would be good unless Tony was dragged against his will. Yes. Because he, he gets involved in a disappearance and he doesn't want to be there. He doesn't want to be investigating it. Heck, he doesn't even want to be a reporter, it feels like. Yeah. He just wants to go to the park and play the, the, ga- the ball game. How do you pronounce yeah. the game the that tongue. he plays?
1: Tongue, which is like, uh, you know, bocce? Yes. Yes, it's just like bocce, but it's a French version with slightly different rules. But yeah, that's what all he wants to do. Because uh, in a sense, uh, the subtext of it is that Tony is a hipster himself. Yes. And he just wants to but he won't never admit that kind of thing. But he just wants to just like casually go through life, not take anything too seriously. Uh, not re- like being a half assed reporter, like even in the instance when he's, he's stuck there on the roof. He's like, whatever. OK, fine. You kidnap me. I'm done with this whole thing. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but if he gets involved in the next case, yes, it would have to be kicking and screaming uh, yes. to get drawn in. Yes,
0: definitely kicking and screaming. And just from, from reading the book, uh, if I hadn't read your bio, I would have said that you're a lifelong New Yorker because you, you know, though you talk about the, the grit of the city, it felt like a love letter to the city, you know that yeah. the city that you love. And even though Tony and these characters live in this, these horrible apartments and there's just this horrible, gritty side of the city, they don't leave. Yeah, you know they—they yeah. they really, true. I think they truly love where they are, despite how difficult it
1: is. I I think it's uh, the typical New Yorkers love-hate relationship with the city. Um, it's I think it's of it as the greatest city in the world, but every day as I travel through it, I just I, I, I grumble to myself about the smell, the crowds. The overdevelopment, the um, lack of care from the government, it, um, the the prices of everything. But at the same time, I I can't imagine living anywhere else. Uh, and I think a lot of other New Yorkers are just like that. It's like you know, oh, this stupid city, damn it. But at the same time, it's like you know, where else would I go? Yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I, I totally understand that. I used to live in Key West, and I would still wow. live there if I could afford it. Mm. Uh, but despite the hurricanes and despite being in middle of nowhere, now, we wow. always joke that it was in close proximity to the United States, because <laughs> you just don't feel like you're part of the U.S. You know, you're closer wow. to Cuba than you are a Walmart.
1: Wow, I've always and, I want to go to the Keys uh, yeah, really badly before they but they get flooded and float away, you know. That's the
0: other reason that we were—we thought about, you know, buying, going back and buying, and we're like, no. I mean, we got to watch the next few hurricane seasons, but it just feels like um, there's going to be nothing left. Uh, If you're in the Keys, get out now because it's. um, I just, you know, I just see the the rising tides are going to take away most of it. You know, most of it is bridges anyway. That you have to go through these bridges to get there. I don't know. There's a hundred and something bridges. I can't remember how many, but wow my husband remembers, he remembers all those details. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but, yeah. Uh, but yeah, well, so I was reading this and I'm so close. I'm in New Jersey. Uh-huh. So I'm so close to New York and I, and we had a couple of extra days and, and I'm researching for uh, an upcoming book. And so I had to go to some of the places around to do the research for that. And, um, I had to go to the U.S. Mint and some things like that. Oh, and that okay. was so much fun. But, we did get to Ellis Island and the Statue of Liberty, so I kind of looked across and waved to New York. It was over there. Um, oh. but I couldn't quite get. But I kind of felt like I was there uh, while reading the book.
1: Have you been to uh, Brooklyn before at all?
0: I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. My family had uh, had a home in um, somewhere in New York, and I want to say they at one point they owned a lot of the area. Okay, but that was a long time ago, long <laughs> time ago um but then they had a house house up in the mountains in new york okay upstate don't th- somewhere upstate yeah so we okay. used to go to there all the time but i finally went for the first time to new york april like 2 3 years ago and that okay. was my first time oh. getting into the city oh and that was okay. that was really exciting we rode the subway it was very exciting <laughs> we yes. got on the wrong subway and then, so then we go up the stairs and we ask the person behind the blast, the glass partition which one we need to go to. And they looked at us like, I will kill you if you continue to talk to me. And they that's, went back to whatever they were doing. Yeah. That's normal. Was,
1: that's, you yeah. get the full treatment. That's, that's exactly what they do. I think they do that. They, they, um, they have classes for that to teach them how to react to tourists. Don't smile. We don't want them to think it's a different town. Make sure to close the glass and just ignore them. That's to give the tourists the right treatment or else they won't feel they're getting their money's worth.
0: Yeah, really. But I was sad that I didn't see anybody on the subway with a dog in a bag. Oh. You know, for a while there, everywhere you looked, some, there were pictures of people riding the subway. And I guess there was some law where you, if your dog had to fit in a bag. Oh, yeah. And so all these people with these huge dogs in, in odd bags that they, <laughs> they would carry around. Yeah. And so I was really hoping to see something like that. Now, we were in Philadelphia also. So okay. I kind of felt like I was sort of in a city. We rode the subway a lot. Love and we were in a yeah. grittier area mm-hmm. uh, for part of it. So as I was reading the book, I'm like, okay, yeah. So I can kind of relate to what's going on here because I kind of feel like I'm there. Kind of. Okay, so you, <laughs> not just, you don't just have this book. Right. You have like a really long list of poems and essays and short stories. So you've been writing for a long time.
1: Yeah. I, well, yeah, I, I'm up there in years, and uh, but I've been writing ever since uh, fifth grade. Um, but I've been getting published since my twenties, and I've been very fortunate to get uh, to be, some people uh, like my stuff. Some at, uh, publishers uh, seem to enjoy my stuff. But yeah, I've been writing like crazy, uh, and I have. Um, I have, as you mentioned earlier, a book of short stories called Roach Killer and Other Stories. That's like some of my earliest published work. And I have another one coming out next year uh, of short stories um, that will come out in June called oh, okay. Noir Eurekan. What's it called again? Noir Eurekan. Uh, you know the term New Eurecan? No. Well, uh, it's a New York born Puerto Rican. Oh, okay. So, it's, very American, it's very 60s. And I'm taking <laughs> noir and putting it in there. Uh, uh, again, trying to get a title that uh, is interesting enough for people to go, what the hell is that? And, and, and pick it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. I do the same thing. My first, I have a series I'm writing in the first book. The prequel is called How to Bungle Your Jungle. Oh,
1: and then the, the first,
0: book, the the first book is called How to Sex Your Snake. Right. The book that I'm writing right now is called How to Square Your Grouper. And oh. the next book after that is something, something along the lines of how to boost your rocket, something like that. Mm. So yeah, and it's the same thing that that um, uh, I was told that oh no, you can't have this title because nobody's going to know what it's about. What it's about, right? But people never forget it, right? Never. And so uh, it that mm, that's something you know. It's that trade off,
1: you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there's a you don't want it to be too cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was saying before like there's every uh, so many murder mysteries have the same type of uh, it's either a, a famous uh, some idiom that they're, they're they're turning on like sudden death maximum overdrive things like this uh, that, that draw you in um, but that are instantly familiar already and I'd like to do things that are on the cusp of the familiar but take it in a slightly different way maybe quirky and I, I like yours yours is it's great it's got an um, the thing about having a series is they need to have that parallelism yeah. so that when people see it, um, like, oh, there she is. She's at it again. And yeah. it's going to be similar but different and something new, which is what people want. They want they, 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 that's why they like series. Yeah, you know, they, they want, It's like watching a TV show. They want to come back to the next book and like, oh, it's more of the same, but it's a little bit different. But um, that's, that's part of this game.
0: No. Yeah, yeah. They, we like the familiar. It's yeah. why we binge shows. You know, it's why we yes. we sit and and I, I I'm guilty of that. Where I I won't watch a show until it's been out for a couple of years, and then <laughs> I will binge two or three seasons. Or because it, it so often it used to be that everything I loved would get canceled.
1: Yeah, yeah. It,
0: it would I go two it. shows or one show or whatever, and they would cancel but, Oh man, and really? I've wasted. You know, an hour every night, every Friday night, or whatever, on that show, and now it's gone. And I'm, uh, uh, which is probably why you know we have such a huge. Um, there's so many people that write fan fiction. Mm, yes. No, you, know, you want to continue that like you said that relationship with the familiar. You want to you want to have those characters with you and, and and continue with them. You know, and so yeah. you just do it yourself. Yeah, and I think and, a lot
1: of that starts with uh, Star Trek. Um, when they canceled Star Trek, that had such a, a potential. Uh, it was so sad that it got canceled that's where you, you get a flood of fan fiction uh, for Star Trek, and that, and slash fiction part of that as well, um, that just sort of keep, keeps going. and then uh, the more genre, every genre show seems to generate, even, even the worst genre show will have yeah. some, somebody has, is a big fan of that show and is writing fan fiction about it. Um, I don't know what, what that is, but people, with, with genre, people get really involved. And they want to see more of it that can possibly be made on TV. And so they generate their own, sometimes with erotic undertones or something. Yeah,
0: sometimes. Yeah, I had a friend who used to write Slash. Yeah, and it was, I don't know. It was, (laughs) I get kind of giggly anyway with the romance. So it's, (laughs) and, and my mother keeps saying to me, why don't you write romance? I want stories with love. And I said, I just get too giggly reading them. I said, I don't think I could sit and write them. No, I just, I do do enjoy reading them, but it's like, I just get too giggly. (laughs) I'm not not a good match for that. I prefer uh, things where somebody kills a cast of 10,000. So, you know, that's always my favorite things. I like action adventure and I like death and and I like um, black humor and, and all that. And which I don't have any of that in my my lighthearted, cozy series, you know, that I'm currently writing. <laughs> but I do in the back burner. I have a sci-fi, so.
1: Yeah. Oh, you are working on something with sci-fi? I, I do
0: have a sci-fi series that I'm going to write okay. with, um, probably under a pen name because I'm told okay. that if you write in one thing, the public doesn't understand it if you write a different thing also. And I thought, the public's pretty smart. I don't know. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know about that, uh, especially once you've built up your brand. I mean, yes, people may say, oh, she's just a cozy writer and that's what I want. And then you will have some fans that you will disappoint. On yeah. uh, the other hand, you can have some fans are like, "Oh, cool, I like sci-fi as well, and I already know this woman as a writer. I'm going to go there uh, on a journey with her and check this stuff out. It's a, I think it's up to you and what, what you want, how strong you feel your brand is, and uh, how much you communicate with your fans, because you could just ask them. You know that's true. Yeah. yeah. What do you guys yeah. think if I did this? you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, so I was reading that you. Are going to be at oh now I've forgotten I've lost the page now. Oh, okay. you're going to be at the.
1: I've got a few things coming up.
0: Yeah, you've got something coming up in September.
1: Uh huh. Um, I'm going to be at um, I'm going to do a noir at the bar. I'm going to also do something at Sisters in Crime. Maybe um, it
0: was Sisters in Crime that sounded I mean, so cool.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, they yes. T- oh, tell everybody about that. So uh, Sisters in Crime is uh, is an organization of for those of you who don't know who was it was created I think in the late 80s or 90s sort of as um an answer to the very masculine atmosphere over at the mystery writers of america which has since been mitigated to an extent uh but so this the, uh, the sisters in crime it's a national organization maybe international maybe canadian but uh they're they're very good they have these uh, meetings and these chapters all over the country uh the one I'm going to be at is the tri-state uh, New York Sisters in Crime chapter. It will be on September 18th, no, September 19th uh, at, the, uh, uh, at a library, Vanderbilt Library in, um, uh, in New York City in, Green, in uh, Greenwich Village. I will have the information on my website and the panel uh, will be about bold new voices in crime fiction. And one of the things that my book seems to have touched on, and other people are working on this idea too, is to use crime fiction not just strictly for entertainment, but to try to use it for um, to to say things about uh, social issues, uh, just to raise awareness. You know, maybe not to change anybody's mind, but just to these underlying situations that are happening in the world. This is not a new thing. Even Agatha Christie was talking about gentrification in some of her books. Uh, and if you watch Midsummer Mysteries, every, like every third episode is about how a new development sucks, is changing the village. Um, but uh, I think it's it just seems to be a growing trend that a lot of us are trying to do. And also, I mean, there's an increasing amount of diversity. Uh, anybody who's followed crime fiction for the last 50 years knows that it's been fairly, for one of another word, monochromatic and very masculine. Uh, and it's been finally changing. Uh, Sarah Paresky was one of the pioneers uh, and it's been moving in a nice more diverse uh, direction just so that there's you know there's more people to hear from so this is what the panel uh, is going to be about uh, and it'll be fun and then uh, we all go have dinner afterwards
0: oh uh, nice nice yes. nice I like that oh I wish I was going to be in the area well if I have to go back up to that same area I'll try to I'll try to um, coordinate it so I can go it, can the public come or do you have to be a yes. member
1: no, you do not have to be a member. Um, They'd love having the public there. Um, we will usually have books available to sell as well
0: Oh nice, nice that's always good. I always go like going and uh, listening to panels, especially when the authors will or the filmmakers or whoever will talk afterwards about their process, about yeah. what brings them to to write this in the first place. So are, are you on a subway one day and you, you just see one too many hipsters blocking the path because they're on their headphones and they're not paying attention and they're taking up too much seat space. What makes you decide that you need to take a machete to a few of them?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, um, it's a good question. The, um, so I was born and raised in Williamsburg. Uh, and I, uh, it was a very blue collar neighborhood when I was growing up. And then, when I got back after college, uh, I moved there, and I was still where we fam- my family was still there, I noticed that the neighborhood started to change, and neighborhoods change that's normal but um, and uh, there were some hipsters, and it was just very interesting like uh, and it felt weird, like, oh did they know did they get off on the wrong train? What are they doing here?" Uh, but then uh, we started to see I started to see a, a growing amount of them and but what really becomes disturbing is when like the corner bodega, all of a sudden goes out of business. Uh, there's a new coffee shop, but wow, those prices are really incredible. Those are Manhattan prices. Um, mm-hmm. And that change is more of a sort of a corporate led development, development developers led kind of thing. It's not the one thing that I, I don't want people to read the book and, uh, or look at the cover of the book and think the hipsters are really the villains. Um, they're just sort of pawns in a game from uh, the rich that come in to see this neighborhood. They just see the potential uh, and they just want to get, the, you know, oh, this is, this land is good. It's just poor people there. Let's just get them out. Uh, Cause we can make so much money off developing this. And, and, and this was happening while I was living there. The neighborhood was yeah. being developed and then overdeveloped. And that just made all this vile yeah anger come out of me um i don't know if you experienced that maybe maybe something was like that was happening in key west or something but um
0: yeah yeah i mean we heard that all the time you're a conk if you were born there i think if you were born there or if you've lived there seven years yeah and maybe both but anyway um but yeah they a lot of people angry that uh people were coming in and you know the cheap t-shirt shops that sell you know three t-shirts for ten dollars kind of thing and tacky sayings on the t-shirts and uh, the just the whole, that whole Duval Street kind of went downhill. Yeah. I, though I, I love it. I mean, I love it in all its form that it currently is. So I'm probably part of the problem. Uh, but the people who'd lived there a long time really didn't like all the cruise ships coming in
1: uh, and yeah.
0: all of the, you know, the college students come during spring break. And so we get about, five sometimes six weeks of college students you know different different rounds of college students and they don't clean up after themselves you know they go out to the uh, beach and they leave trash everywhere yes and it would just and so you know once we started living there and became um uh, residents of Key West you know it really it really bothered me people picking up our chickens don't pick up our chickens you may take pictures but don't pick right. them up wow. first off it's rude to pick the chicken up and he's yes. got a huge claw there on his leg which he will cut you up with and uh second off you're bothering them you know so just leave the chickens alone yes Yes. don't bother we love our chickens well actually the locals hate the chickens but i like some of them love them i don't know and i love you know it's funny i was at the courthouse one day and taking pictures of the chickens for a friend who's a who's painter and this guy says to me we locals hate them." and i said oh i'm local too and i love them." (laughs) he kind of looked at me like oh Uh, but you know, it, I know exactly what you're what you're saying, though. You know about them the coming in, the neighborhood changing, and yeah. especially when you've got, you know, four, five, six generations that have lived in this neighborhood right. for eons, and then all yeah. of a sudden you've got people coming in and changing the feel of the neighborhood, to, so right. they can try to get you know squeeze some cash out of it and then right. edge you out, and that right. that comes in because part of it in the book is is uh, they're wondering if this woman has disappeared because they want her apartment to be able to raise the rent. So, right. you know, there's, there's that issue too. I'm, I'm sure that does happen to people.
1: Yes. All the time. All the time. Well, you, just that whole sort of basic displacement in general without uh, kidnapping and murder. Yeah. That happens all the time. People, you know, uh, suspicious fires or they just, they stop uh, with heat and hot water, anything, or just stop the water just to, 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 Basically force people out Um, in this case in the book, you know, the woman is kidnapped She's living in a rent-controlled apartment, and that's like gold uh, uh, That needs to be harvested by the developers, Uh, but yeah, it's uh, Just to get back to what we were saying before what inspired me. So this was happening and I wanted to do something about it And there I didn't really feel that there was anything I could do and I did try to write a straight uh, literary novel about it and it wasn't coming together but when I put the crime element in it, there's a crime fiction. As you know, it just it has a certain structure. Yeah. And that gives you freedom within it because then you don't have to worry about the flow through so much of the plot because it's sort of uh, the the readers coming with a lot of their own expectations and they're going to see some threads and they're going to fill in quite a bit. It leads you. It gives you some freedom to play with character and theme. I think uh, a little bit, uh, especially for you know for me to. Uh, finishing uh, my first mystery it, it helped quite a bit but and and let me uh, have some freedom in to, to say something uh, about this issue that was filling me with anger and bile.
0: yeah do you feel better now having written it
1: no <laughs> not at all <laughs> um, I think a little bit, a little bit but it's still there you know you know I go back to the old neighborhood and I'm like what the hell and it just it just it just gives me agita it just uh, you know yeah. um, I, I don't know if it'll, it'll ever go away. Part of it is, I think, just uh, learning to live with that kind of change, that sort of uh, corporatization, commercialization of our lives, and then just uh, enjoy where I live in, in the Bronx now, which uh, reminds me uh, very much like Brooklyn used to be. Uh, it's, a, it's a very mixed neighborhood, uh, uh, still very blue collar, a uh, lot of small stores, quiet, not hip in any way. Uh, and I like, mm-hmm. I, and I like that. And I'm sure in a few years, it may get gentrified too. You know, the way the city's becoming very much um, uh, like a feudal system, uh, New York City. But we'll see. We'll see.
0: Yeah. See. Well, you know, I'm, 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 I don't want to talk politics, but I'm just surprised at how liberal New York seems to feel. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know, it, it
1: didn't,
0: it, it didn't feel that way when my family my family oh. were, very, were very conservative. And so it just feels like um, just some of the things I see in the news with them, things that, they're, that, that you see, I don't want to get into politics at all, but it just every now and then I think I said to my husband, God, I, I wonder just how liberal New York has really gotten, because it really oh. feels like it's changed from the very conservative uh, place that i remember hearing about i grew up and i spent the first 12 years in boston so we had you know we lived in um right across from logan international airport oh. on Sargent street in winthrop so if you're in winthrop
1: the very <laughs> last
0: house on the street right by the water there we lived on the water it was a little two-story house that had apartments on the bottom and the top and you know you go down and it was the little grocery store it was an entire neighborhood i think uh, because I remember all these ladies squeezing my cheeks, little bambina. <laughs> it's like my earliest memories of let go of my face. That's nice. <laughs> yes, and you know the the grocery store. There's just the little. I love the little city grocery stores, and you've got all the fruits and vegetables out front, and yeah. you've got the stuff inside, and it just. I don't know. It feels very personal. Yeah. You know, it just. Um, and I I I think about that a lot. That I, I really miss that that feel. So I I if I think if I'd continue to live there, and if you know, you had developers coming in. I think I would feel the same way you do—that very upset that that my world, you know, is being changed so that somebody else can can benefit from it—and just kick yeah. me out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. It, it's. Um, I, I think it's it's not just happening. I mean, I think uh, Brooklyn and Williamsburg are sort of a case study for the United States. You can. It's. I think, I think it's as worse as gentrification can get. It's happening. It's happened in Williamsburg, but it's it's happening all over the country. Um, any place that um, some corporation can come in and get cheap housing. Um, you know, Amazon, want, if they want to develop the whole area, yeah, they'll just make a deal with the local government. Local government will, will be sure, take all this, and and then we'll figure out something to do with all the poor people who live there now who we didn't give a damn about. Yeah. We're just going to find a way to gently, not so gently get rid of them. And it's a, it's a trend because of, uh, I think... Uh, the, this commercialized, commercialization that we're, we're dealing with in, in our society. Um, but I mean, I'm glad I got, uh, I did get to write about it. And I don't know if it make a difference, but I think it helps, it helps to have, uh, it, it makes me feel slightly better to talk about. And mm-hmm. to talk to other people about, it, you know, maybe not, it doesn't completely um, cure the wound, but it's a nice bandaid
0: yeah yeah and it's a, and it's a fun story too <laughs> they're great characters and how do you pronounce his girlfriend is it magali oh magali magali, oh, magali. i knew i was gonna say it wrong that's all right uh, it can't be magali that's just terrible magali yeah. that's a beautiful name i'm so sorry Thank anyone you. name mar uh i think it's
1: an offshoot of marguerite marguerite oh, yes i think so it's just another variation of that yeah
0: yeah beautiful name and i i love uh i just love all the characters are great Thank uh, you. And it, it took me in places that I did not expect it to go. So uh, it, uh, as you read the book, you are not just going to sit back and uh, be spoon-fed something. You know, you have to kind of think a little. And it takes you, like I said, places you do not expect to go. Now, um, I...
1: do we hear something? Oh, there's there's like, a, I, I'm since I'm in the middle of Manhattan right now, there's a whole bunch of sirens going on all the oh. Yeah, <laughs> I thought. Uh, I'm like in. I'm in the wonderful uh, offices of FIT, uh, and um, yeah, there's like I think there's some sort of uh, not a fire engine, uh, oh, no. but there is, some, or or maybe an ambulance going by. <gasps>
0: it in it's the city. Yeah, so it's going to be noisy.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: which is actually kind of you know I I don't <laughs> like I don't like being out in the middle of nowhere, and. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and I, I just, I, I get in, I get to the city and I really felt even in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. not that it's a bad place, but it's kind of the area where we it was kind of sketchy, yeah. uh, but it, it was, um I really liked it. I liked the city. I liked the feel. I liked all the people around, you know, yeah. it just, I liked the noise of it.
1: Yes. I, I, I prefer a little noise um, when I go to sleep, not too much country wilderness and, um, uh, crickets or, uh, or or insects outside it, it creeps me out a little bit um, when there's when there's nothing out there there's nothing there's just woods anything can happen I yeah. keep watching too, many, too many horror movies anything's out there yeah bit. it's like
0: yeah it's like where was I we were someplace the other day and I said oh we were, my husband and I were out for a walk in New Jersey and it's the middle of nowhere and it's beautiful you New know, Jersey gets a bad rep for being you know uh, dirty and, and whatever, but that's from the turnpike. If you get away yeah. from the turnpike and get out into the city, it is beautiful, beautiful. Yes. So we're out, we're out and there's like deer and there's these houses and it's just, the houses are like half mile away from the road, they're way back. And I said, my husband's all, this is gorgeous. And I'm thinking, this is the beginning of a horror novel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Ugh. Running so away that- from one house while there's somebody. With- well, actually that's that's the way writers' minds work. You know, other people might think, how pretty, I'd love to yeah. take a picture, and uh, writers like us are thinking, well, if someone was running from a killer, they'd have a long way to go across that field. Would anybody yeah. help them Would you know, how would, would they be able to make it? Is there anything in their way? You know, you'd already be plotting, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's and- a constant thing. A brain doesn't shut off from that kind of no, stuff.
0: No, no. Uh, you know, with yeah. all the deer out there, you've got to worry about them turning on you and eating the population, <laughs> so...
1: Yes. And they're big. They're yes. big there. They're big. Let's hope they don't arm themselves. God,
0: really? Really? <laughs> okay, so I want more of, of Tony. Okay. So you got to, Tony, even though you feel like Tony may not want to be back, mm-hmm. he has to be dragged. <laughs> because, you know, if you want, you know, if, and think about this, if he wanted you to do something with him, it wouldn't turn out well.
1: Right. I, oh, that's, yes, yes. It would
0: not because he would be a participant and Tony is not a participant. Yes. He wants to be on the sidelines, you know, like you said, with, with the, with the, just playing in the park and, and uh, just not having to worry about life, you know?
1: Yeah. So. He wants to take it easy. And I think uh, it sort of speaks to a lot of us, you know, we don't really want to deal with uh, so much of the angst in the world and like, and also having to work and everything, everything to pay bills. And he's trying to skate along. He's very much a slacker, slacker, hipster. Uh, but He's yes. just trying to skate along at the minimum amount of existence. Uh, but part of the problem that Magali's calling him on is he's getting old for this. Um, yeah. And you've got to eventually, some, you, you, everyone's gonna have to say, this is the side I'm picking on and this is the side I'm going to, to fight for. And he's yeah. pushed into that. And maybe that'll happen more in a second book. Let's yeah. Let's see what happens
0: yeah yeah play with that some but you don't want to make him too compliant
1: no no you know no, no.
0: you want some kicking you want some screaming you want some feet dragging
1: so <laughs> yeah.
0: that that definitely that definitely oh i know what else i was going to ask you i saw in your bio that your brother you said your brother used to write and you felt a yes. like competition so is your brother
1: a writer oh no actually um so uh it's funny i uh, i think it was about fifth grade he was writing stories about, um, for extra credit for school. Um, and I was like, well, if he can get extra credit and what would the stories he was writing was basically like Scooby-Doo adventures yeah, and he would just rewrite them or put them in his own voice. And I was like, I could do that. Um, and I was, he's my older brother. So I was in constant competition with him. Uh, but, and we were writing to, you know, both of us were writing and, but then about, I guess, sixth grade for him, seventh grade, he really got into baseball and sports, and that was his thing. And for me, I was like, I st- I'm sticking with this. Yeah. This is what I like. And so, uh, so no, no, he's, he, he went in a different direction. He works for UPS, and he's a very happy man. Oh well, that's
0: good. I was wondering if there was still competition, um, story-wise, but no. Well, okay, brothers
1: are always going to be competitive, but not in that way. Yeah, yeah. Not
0: in that way. Okay, that's good. <laughs> I suppose that's good. You know, yeah, yeah. You look at uh, at at uh, like uh, oh, good example from the Beatles: McCartney and Lennon. Once they broke up, yeah. they didn't have that competition, and I think that their songs weren't as good when they yeah. when they went their separate ways. Their best writing were the years that they were together and in competition with each other. Mm-hmm. so sometimes a little competition is a good thing <laughs> yes
1: yeah i mean well i'm always slightly in competition with myself and then with everybody else i want to i want to be just as good as that person or uh i want to i want a book uh, like that let me see if i can get something as interesting stuff like that. yeah there's a competition element with with uh, uh with the genre and with the writing world uh trying to get the best amazon reviews get the best social media and it's it's all very awful and tiresome but it's also a a game at the same time yes yes
0: yes it is tiresome it is tiresome (laughs) i agree 100 percent. you know i keep going for different things that i try and i always come back to this i thoroughly enjoy chatting with with authors and and um I mean, this is, this is the fun thing. This is, this is fun to me. That's so, great. Uh, this one i think great. I'll always continue to keep coming back to. So say even better, a refrigerator just for my office. See? That refrigerator is amazing. I love refrigerator. that refrigerator. Yeah. Yes. It's, a, it's retro. Uh, yeah. I forget. It's like from the fifties or it looks like it's from like the fifties, but I remember. a real working
1: refrigerator. Yeah. Is- yeah. All my <laughs>
0: sodas in there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's full of soda and grapes. Oh, that's okay. Good. I thought you might keep bodies in there because it looks big enough to. You can oh,
0: you know, actually, it probably is. Yeah, it's like I think it's like five and a half feet tall, something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but we have we have four people living in the house. Okay. Um, a couple of my kids came home, so for a moment, for just quickly, for a couple months, so it was like no room in the refrigerator. I said, my oh. husband you know, I could use a refrigerator. I said, I could put it in my office. And then when I was looking at the catalog, I said, oh my
1: God, there's a red one. I love red. It's beautiful. So, it's a beautiful thing.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great. It's the
1: retro of your microphone.
0: <gasps> yes, it kind of does. Yeah, this is yeah, um,
1: retro. Now you have to redesign the whole office. I know, right. I
0: know, I know. And fix. I've, the, on the wall behind me are all of my postcards from Disney World oh okay so we we are near disney world and my husband loves disney world so we go often we're going next week <laughs> we go hey, often got,
1: um the robot from lost in space
0: <gasps> yes my robot from lost in space yeah yeah i love him i need to put new batteries in him because i think they're dead yeah because yeah, yeah. otherwise he does his arms and he goes around and i think there's a couple <laughs> settings and he, he goes all around the room and stuff
1: oh cool so
0: i think it's a fair call i, recall, I, I I don't think, I don't think I've had batteries in it a long time. Oh, okay. He was, yeah, he's been behind something and I actually was cleaning something today. And I said, oh my God, one of my kids has been using the computer and the desk on this side. And so everything was hidden behind. Yeah. Everything was hidden behind, <laughs> behind the screen. I know I do the same thing. I'm like leaning and it's, it's a picture. Yeah. You can't lean around a picture. <laughs> and so, yeah. So behind the, the screen was all, is all kinds of stuff that I used to have on my okay. desk um, every, every time I go to a new house, I have this long strip of things that I've accumulated and they sit with me and, um, and such. Um, but yeah, my, my science fiction, my love of science fiction, I love robots and, and, um, and all that good stuff. Uh, so anyway, and I'm, I've gotten us way off the subject. So sorry, everybody. And I'm always like, I got to stop
1: talking. Get a retro chair, but keep, keep the, um, the, uh, the, Keep
0: the, the pillow. Like, I know, uh, God, my poor pillow. Jeez, <laughs> it's got character. It's oh, got character. Golly, <laughs> golly, golly. Okay, well, I will. I will let you go. But okay. Before I let you go, what can? Where can people find you? And is there anything that you want to let them know about in addition to hipster death rattle?
1: Well, the uh, two there's a couple of things. I will be for, just your reminder. I will be at the Sisters in Crime meeting on August. I mean, on September 19th, but perhaps more importantly for anybody in your area, I will be at Sleuth Fest 2020 uh, in Florida uh, uh, in March, I'm saying March. Where, April, where in Florida is uh, that? In, oh God, um, you know, uh, Florida to me is Miami and uh, Panhandle. I don't remember. It's in the middle. It's, a, it's, it's in the middle. middle. Maybe in the middle. Middle. it's in Orlando. It's, it might be. Uh, Sleuth Fest 2020. Look it up. But I'll be teaching there. I'll be doing a workshop oh. once a day for three days. Oh. So uh, I don't know if it's close to you, but uh, I'll, you know, I will send you the information. But any of your listeners yeah. can find me at Sleuthfest 2020 next year. Uh, I will be also, um, I'll be doing some promotion for another book coming out uh, called uh, The Hangman Isn't Hanging. Uh, crime fiction based on the, the, the songs of Steely Dan oh. uh, that will be coming out in October, <gasps> late October. So uh, I have a story in there based on Ricky, Don't Lose That Number.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, that was fun. My, to my kids love Steely Dan, so that'll oh, be a must cool. then. Yes, right. I hear about them all the time. Like, I hate Steely Dan.
1: Oh, <laughs> <laughs> No, not really, not really. Uh, no, all right. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that's, the, and then of course, uh, anybody can go to my website and I, I, I try to keep that updated as part of the this whole thing that we all, all authors have to do. So, yeah, w- that's your name,
0: w- Richie, N-A-R-V-A-E-Z.com.
1: Yes, com.
0: Yeah. Great. And it'll be uh, in the show notes. So all you have to do is scroll down and look at the show notes. If you're in your car, pull over. (laughs) Pull (laughs) over and look right now.
1: Yes. Don't have an accident, please.
0: Please. Yeah. Don't. Don't. (laughs) I can't kill yet another one. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Another one on your record. Yes. Another
0: one. Ah. So (laughs) thank you so much for today. Thank you for having uh, me on your show. And I'll have all the links in the show notes. And I'll be right back, everybody. Okay. Thanks, Richie. And I am going to have uh, all the links that you need, his website. And if you go to his website, you will find all of his books uh, right there, his short stories and various things that you can find. Um, The the Hipster death rattle is available in a lot of places. So if you're uh, one of the anti-Amazon people, you will not have a problem getting his book. And um, let's see what else. Um, I think that's it. Um, I I have to go grocery shopping. I've been out of town, um, off and on for the last month and I have no food in the house and I'm starving. So I need to get out of here and, um, leave a comment. We are on Instagram and by we, I mean me, books cubed is on Instagram and my ears keep clicking again. I don't know what's going on. Um, (laughs) if you were cochlear implants, you probably understand exactly what I'm going through. It keeps clicking in my head and then it, it's like this, um, It's like a chime that doesn't end. It's very strange. So anyway, so uh, let me know what you thought of the show. Uh, Scroll down if you are listening on the podcast. Don't forget when you get to where you have a computer or when you get to your destination, if you're in the car, stop and click on that link in the uh, show notes and leave your comments there. Let me know what you thought of the show. Let me know what you're reading. Uh, Let me know if you've read Hipster Death Rattle. It's a great book, go grab it right now. If you are on YouTube, you know how to leave a comment and I'll see you there. And uh, I guess that's it. I'm gonna go grocery shopping and try to figure out why my phone keeps clicking in my ears. It's making me nuts and it's probably making you nuts having to hear me talk about it. So uh, I'm gonna go, you go too, go read a good book. I'll see you next week.